0: This is Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast number 93. Today, we share an encore episode of one of our top 10 episodes throughout 2019 and 2020. We bring you back to the interview we did with Lauren Hardin on complex care. We recently asked Lauren how the COVID 19 pandemic has impacted complex care, and she provided us with the following update. The COVID-19 pandemic has highlighted many systems, failures and gaps in attending to the needs of vulnerable populations. The social disaster resulting from the pandemic has exacerbated food security issues, isolated seniors, loss of insurance and income, children, and depending on schools for food and safety and even issues of domestic violence. Communities around the country are coming together in innovative solutions to address these needs, including new collaborations, creative funding, sharing dollars across sectors, and partnering with business and local philanthropy to meet local needs. The pandemic is teaching us how interdependent we are on each other and how creative we can be to solve things locally. The murder of George Floyd and others also highlighted deep equity issues underneath the needs of complex populations. Across the country, there's new interest and investment in systems change to address equity. Overall, COVID-19 is accelerating investment into positive change for complex populations. Lauren also co-authored two articles in 2020 Related to the pandemic and complex care that we reference in the show notes. Enjoy this special encore episode.
1: Welcome to the Healthcare's Missing Logic Podcast. We're so grateful you've joined us today. I'm Tracy. And I'm Michelle. We've been interprofessional partners in healthcare for over 30
0: years. During that time, we've been engaged in healthcare transformation and the development of healthy healing work cultures that result in the best places to give and receive care. We've engaged with healthcare leaders from across North America, and we are tired of seeing time, money, and resources wasted on change efforts that are not sustainable.
1: In this podcast, we explore significant, reoccurring, and competing challenges faced by all healthcare leaders today using a brand new lens called Polarity Thinking, the missing logic in healthcare. You could say we represent the money ball of healthcare. We're here to expand your current thinking and challenge your reliance on problem-solving tactics.
0: This is Michelle and Tracy and we are so excited for our podcast interview today. We just wrapped up an amazing interview with
1: Lauren Harden. She is so inspiring. I know. Oh my gosh. She's a rock star. She is. She is. I want to be out there in the field with her. She's doing some amazing things out there and she shared a couple stories with us that were really phenomenal. Yes and uh Phenomenal,
0: both in rural settings and in urban settings. So she has some great case studies and phenomenal outcomes of the work she's doing in complex and social
1: needs. Yes. Oh, you know, there just isn't anybody like her, I really don't believe. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell? We kind of got a crush on her. (laughs) Yeah, we
0: do. We do. She's
1: such a phenomenal leader and inspiration.
0: So let me tell you a little bit about uh, Lauren's background. Uh, Lauren is a nurse, and she is the Senior Director of Cross-Continuum Transformation, big title, but big work, (laughs) of Camden Coalition and the National Center for Complex Health and Social Needs. In this role, she continues her past experience providing consulting, co-designing, and coaching in complex care transformation. She also was previously the director of complex care centers serving hospitals, multiple providers, and more than 1,500 high-frequent complex patients in the Mercy Health System. The center's model of complex care has resulted in better patient navigation and outcomes, including decreased emergency room visits, hospitalizations, and costs for Diverse vulnerable populations. She received an innovation grant from Trinity Health, one of the largest multi institutional Catholic health care delivery systems in the nation, and implemented aspects of the care model, changing the system of care around complex patients in more than 20 Trinity Health, Trinity health ministries across six states. Lauren was awarded the National Clinical Nurse Leader Vanguard Award from the American Association of Colleges of Nursing in January 2015. Her innovative model of care earned her an Edgerunner recognition from the American Academy of Nursing in June of 2015. Lauren was inducted into the National Academies of Practice as a Fellow in 2018 and is currently serving as their Vice President of Partnerships and Networking. In Hot Off the Press, Lauren is going to be inducted as a Fellow in the American Academy of Nursing this fall in October. And Lauren and her husband reside in the state of Kentucky.
1: Wow. You know, uh, our focus really with Lauren was just learning a lot about the models that she's implementing out in the communities, as we mentioned before, but also uh, our conversation kind of centered on a key crux polarity of mission and margin and how she is experiencing this and guiding and coaching people and the management of this in her work in complex care and social needs. So without further ado, let's listen to our interview with Lauren. Well, welcome,
0: Lauren. This is Michelle and Tracy, and we are so excited to have you on our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. It's such an honor to be with you. Thanks
2: so much for having me.
0: Well, we are so excited. So um, I wanted to start out with a, a question for you, Lauren. And did you ever think that you would be leading healthcare transformation on a national level, living on a farm in Kentucky and being on our podcast today?
2: No, no, and
0: no. (laughs) I had no idea these things would happen, but I'm very happy they are. You know, it's really magical because when you think about it, Tracy, you, and myself all started our clinical work back at Butterworth Hospital in Grand Rapids, Michigan in the 80s together. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We're 80 girls. We are. I love the 80s. We've
1: had
2: many decades together. That's a little scary, but
1: it's good. Oh, but just think of all the wisdom in the in the room and on the airwaves this morning. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. So we go way back. We have uh, we have really kept in touch through the years in our professional careers, and here we are today. And Lauren, we're also very excited that you recently were on a TED talk. Can you tell us a little bit about that story?
2: Sure, it was an incredible honor and an incredible growth experience. So the format of TED this year was Unbroken, which is a beautiful theme when you think about transformation and making change in the midst of a lot of challenge. And um, the TED format is wonderful. They provide you a speaking coach, a writing coach, and it was a very supportive environment, much more than I ever imagined. And I've spoken a lot, so I'm used to doing one-hour-long talks. But imagine reducing everything you talk about into 10 minutes. It's a lot harder (laughs) than it seems like. But I learned a lot, and it was a real privilege to meet the other speakers and also to interact with the audience. So I would highly recommend it to anyone who's interested in learning about speaking and translating a message.
0: That's awesome. Well, we'll put that on our wish list that someday we'll give a TED Talk.
2: Yeah, you can do
0: it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and what was the title of your TED Talk?
2: It was called What Matters Most. And I talked about what's happening for people and systems in this healthcare transformation.
0: Awesome. Well, we will be make sure to put that in our show notes, the link to your TED Talk, And I know that they're editing it right now, um, but I had the honor of listening to it, and it was fantastic. And so it'll be just another way our listeners can learn from Lauren Harden. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, Lauren, we know you're doing some incredible work at the National Center for Complex Care and Social Needs. And just a little bit about that for our listeners. Now, that was launched by the Camden Coalition of Healthcare Providers in 2016. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. And this has really uh, become the home for complex care. And the aim is really to improve the well being of the people with complex medical, behavioral, and social needs, right?
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: And so these people really, um, these people with these complex needs are individuals, they experience a combination of challenges around all three of those areas, right? And that yes. really results in them having a kind of increased utilization of health services and increased costs. Yes. That's why yes. this is so important and your work is so incredible, right? And, and then, you know, the other thing about that, too, is just that um, while they have the increase in services, they're not necessarily getting sustainable outcomes or results. Exactly. Yeah. And they're
2: kind of... The canaries in the coal mine of our system right now. Yeah. So the idealization is a reflection of people's needs not being met.
1: Right, right. And that's why your work is so important. And what I love about what you're doing is you're starting a movement. And that's what we're trying to do with Polarity thinking, and what this podcast is to start a movement to wake people up to what's really needed for transformation in healthcare. And you are really becoming the catalyst for this evolving field of complex care and social needs, and really connecting people, practitioners, leaders. You know, really trying to work with people that are, you know, payers and and researchers and funders, and just trying to heighten that awareness. And uh, and so you know, I just want to applaud you for what you're doing, and for the work that the center is embarking on because it is needed so desperately in healthcare. And, you know, a part of that, too, is that there's uh, lots of layers of polarities, I imagine, uh, in that. (laughs) And I know a few probably are competition and collaboration when you're trying to bring all these diverse groups together. They all got their own agendas, but yet we know they need to collaborate as well. And just the whole medical care and whole person care is probably just really significant in this field. It is. And think about all the different
2: players, just the diversity of people, to really bring people together in one shared agenda. It's almost a polarity master course <laughs> of <how> it- <laughs> How to link people and really um, diverse perspectives into one uh, connected whole that's focused on the same agenda. It's, It's challenging, but it's very rewarding work. And there's so much benefit for individuals as well as communities and learning that skill and um, the ability to navigate those polarities.
1: Yeah, wow. It's just fascinating. I, I do agree with you. We could have a master class. we we'll have to think about that. We'll come yeah. back to that on another podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> we can offer it through the National Center. There you go. <laughs> like there you
1: go. it really challenging polarities. Come yeah, really. I mean, just imagine bringing all these people together from diverse communities around something like that. That would be phenomenal. Um, but we know one of the really crux... Polarities And the focus of our conversation with you today really is kind of around the mission margin polarity, which is significant for this population, for these communities, and for everything we just talked about, <laughs> right? So exactly. can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you're doing uh, in the center and then just how this is showing up for you and how you're experiencing this?
2: Definitely. I'd be happy to. So one of the challenges and and most interesting conundrums of working in complex care is that 5% of the population represents 50% of the costs in the healthcare system. So think about that. This small group um, of diverse people, very heterogeneous people, it could be anyone from children to 90-year-olds, is carrying 50% of the cost in the healthcare system. So it's a great opportunity for improvement, but it's also a highly charged area around the economics of how the healthcare system runs. And I've had to learn many different lessons about navigating and balancing the margin and mission polarity and really honoring both sides of that polarity to facilitate change. I can tell you a story about how I um, learned one of the deepest lessons about that, if you like. Great. So um, I was working in Grand Rapids at Mercy Health, and I started a complex care center to really focus on this population and understand their needs and create a model of intervention to really help people. And the work had gone really well. I'd served about 300 people in the first year. And I was presenting to the C-suite of the organization what my outcomes were with the population. And I was very excited to do the presentation. Uh, The reductions in hospitalizations and emergency room visits were very, very strong. The people were stabilizing. They were connected to the right care. I was excited to talk about that. And after I did the presentation, people were pretty quiet. And I didn't understand why. And the CFO pulled me aside and jokingly said, you know, you reduce utilization. We're going to hold you accountable for a $2.6 million loss in our bottom line. And he he was joking, but also translating a truth of the healthcare system. The healthcare system is a business, and utilization creates revenue for the business. And it's one of those really crux polarities, If you don't understand that balance between margin and mission and navigate and create programs and create interventions that keep that in mind, uh, there can be
0: barriers
2: to moving the work forward. He ended up, um, you know, I was very uh, horrified at first (laughs) when I heard his comments, but he actually was one of my best teachers and became one of my best partners in moving this work forward. He taught me a lot about how you can partner with CFOs and the financial end of the business of healthcare to create solutions together that really keep organizations and systems in balance and help people at the same time and do the right thing. So I want, what I wanted to do was run away from the margin conversation. <laughs> I was, run, run, for! I don't want to talk about the margin. I want to help people. I was very strongly in the mission, but he taught me how powerful of change you can create when you understand and marshal the power of both sides of the polarity. And that's what I use in my work today, whether I'm working with the government or payers or large communities. Understanding that polarity helps to really channel the best energy for healthcare transformation.
1: Yeah, it really is about the both and. And, yeah. you know, um, what an incredible lens, right, to look through and to be aware of because, you know, that resistance is really fierce, right? What's going to happen to our bottom line? Are we going to fold because of this, right? Yeah. Yes.
2: And that's a real concern. You know, healthcare is a very challenging business. It doesn't run like Best Buy or Walmart where, you know, you sell things and you get revenue and and you can plan on that and the costs. Healthcare is one of the most challenging businesses. Um, It provides service for people, whether there's a payment source or not, it's very difficult to predict volume. Um, It's in the center of crises and also some of the most important moments in people's lives from birth to death, as well as really challenging uh, situations like trauma. And at the same time, it is a window of our community and and everything that matters to us as people. So really understanding that business to its deepest core, if you embrace that margin admission, they both have to be there for the system to continue to be sustainable and provide the care that we all really need.
0: Yeah, that's a key word, Lauren, is the sustainability that uh, managing polarities do as well. So um, that's a great example. And I was really struck about what you said about your partnership with the CFO is that's such an important action step on both sides of that polarity, you know, that people have different expertise, they bring different um, strengths to each of the poles. and a very important action step is really the partnership or the partnership infrastructure that keeps them together and strong and and keeps it in check, really. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And you get the power of both perspectives then, which are both needed, right? If you can find where your shared values are and where you link and then how you can take the diversity of your perspectives to serve that shared value, then you can get a very powerful engine for change. And I see that individually with the um, patients and clients I've served directly in this work. Um, The polarities there are very strong too. As you can imagine, in that 5%, there are people who have multiple medical conditions, but there are also people with um, long-term addiction issues or very complex ethical situations, and you can't polarize if you want to have healing either. We have to see the wholeness of all people and build a bridge in the desire to create feeling regardless of the scenario that, that you're in. And so managing and, ha- and harnessing the power of that polarity is very, very important.
1: Yeah. And the relationships, you know, so it just brings me back to the skills we need to really explore these polarities and to really peel back the onion, (laughs) the layers of the onion around these in these kinds of situations and the, the significance of the need for partnering kinds of relationships as well as dialogue and to be open, right. And to learn and to uncover and reveal versus trying to problem solve and fix and, you know, get rid of it, right. Remove the tension, um, what we want to really do is lean into that and leverage dialogue and relationships to really explore this and find these models that are really going to move us towards that common purpose, that shared purpose, a greater purpose, the reason to even balance the polarities and the tensions in the first place.
2: Yes, and and really deeply understanding each person on, on each side of that polarity is important um, in the work we do now. I work with systems and communities who are trying to build different um, systems of response and collaborations to really improve care for vulnerable populations. And in communities, if you think about, you know, there's many, many different competing organizations in communities. And our, our history has been, we don't work together, we compete for business volume or we compete for preferred services. And to solve these more complex problems, you need to create a table where competitors can come together or people who have a history organizationally with each other where they may not have, have done the right behaviors with each other. There may be uh, some painful past and and memories of not following through or intentionally not helping each other. So to create a shared table, you have to create that baseline understanding that, you know, we acknowledge the past, we acknowledge what's happened, but if we're going to come together, it's time for us to hear each other, look at our shared values, and how can we navigate this polarity so that we can create something better.
0: Yeah. So well said. Absolutely. Lauren, uh, Tracy and I had the privilege of hearing you speak at the National Academies of Practice uh, annual conference this past spring. And we had the opportunity to hear you and one of your colleagues from the National Center present on three different interprofessional models that you have worked with across the country. And um, could you just share a little bit about the type of work you're really doing at the National Center in the field and give us some examples of what's happening out there?
2: Sure, I'd be happy to. So I had the privilege of um, working in Grand Rapids at Mercy Health and really building a complex care model that served a lot of people and also scaled within the Trinity Health System. And when I joined the National Center, there's people all over the country who are trying to build models for complex patients. So I have the privilege of partnering with them in a co-design framework where we really look to understand what is the problem they're trying to solve. What are the assets that they already have in their community and system? And then how can they partner to create a model that will really serve the people in their community? So an example of that, I've been working with the Adventist Health System. I'm going into my fourth year of working with them. And they have 80 communities throughout the West Coast and Hawaii um, where they serve a lot of vulnerable populations. And in Lake County, California, which is one of the poorest counties in California, with some of the worst health outcomes, they've had lots of fires, it's remote, transportation is a challenge, provider access is a challenge, a lot of problems with addiction. They wanted to come together as a county and a community to really help their vulnerable populations. So we created a model called Project Restoration, and it's a collaborative of all the agencies, behavioral health, healthcare, social services, but also the mayor and police and fire and EMS. And they looked at their collective data as a community to see who were their most vulnerable community members with high-frequency access to health care or for police calls or the criminal justice system or EMS transports. And they it reached out to those community members in a very respectful model together. So a police officer and a social worker would go to the person that it, that they had had the most health care and police calls and say, we care about you as a community. Will you tell us your story? And they reached out from a place of respect, helped that person individually to stabilize, and then translated the lessons into process improvements for their community. So that cycle of really holding polarity, imagine the police officer who's arrested you multiple times, coming to you and saying, we care about you, we want to know your story, we're here to help. That's a tremendous polarity right there. (laughs) or the agencies that have competed with each other for years coming together around a shared table and saying, we're gonna work together, we're gonna share resources and we're gonna look at these problems collectively instead of individually in our silos. They've been able to create tremendous change. Um, Within a year, they opened a 10 bed transitional housing unit for the homeless. They received a $1.6 million grant open a collaborative services center and they're just on fire with what they can do by navigating that polarity and working together
0: that's such an awesome um story you think about um we think about things sometimes as mother polarities and just the local global that of, of them working together that they are they're managing
1: both of those really really well. Yeah. Well, and the individual and team, you know, as well. And then I was thinking too just about, you know, when you have wins like that, right? When you start at the individual level and you have wins, the power of what that unleashes in re- in relationship to the possibilities you begin to see. So what I heard in your story is they started here, but the more successes they had, the more possibility they could see, the more they leaned into, right? And the more they recognized the significance of leveraging those polarities and how powerful that was and how it was really putting them into a virtuous cycle, right? Just moving them forward towards this common purpose. It's just so powerful. I've got goosebumps thinking. About it. <laughs> I do. I just think, you know, the so unleashing of potential. Yes. And it's
2: hard sometimes for people to believe that, you know, we, um, we have old hurts from having a dream before and having it not go forward. Um, and, and the communities needed to embrace that and repeatedly embrace that as it comes up with a new person joining the collaborative saying this isn't possible, or this couldn't work. Or this didn't work last time. And there has to be room for that grief and loss from when it hasn't worked in the past. But also continuously anchoring to that dream and the practices that model each person's voice is important. Each person will be heard. And we're operating off shared values of where we're heading. Even if our perspectives are incredibly diverse and incredibly polarized, this is the core of what we're working on together. And I, I watched them go from literally having no um, housing options or services for the homeless. And I was there last week. And they now have a 10-bed transitional housing unit. And they're opening seven more in the county. They have a home for pregnant women who have opioid overuse where they provide um, addiction treatment, counseling, counseling and transition to stability. They have a youth homeless um, services home that helps youth get stabilized and connected to education and employment. They have a warming center. They have a cooling center. They just opened a shower trailer that's going to be mobile in the community, and they're starting a backpack nursing program, which is essentially street medicine. And the people who've been affected... So the people who've lived in Restoration House and become stable, they're part of the collaborative. And they're part of, As they get more stable in the house, they become peer navigators. And they're part of informing that vision. So there's no othering. Like, we helped you. It's like we are a community. And as you get stable, you're also incredibly important as part of this community with a voice that needs to be heard.
1: It's a community culture, right, that they're really developing. And I was thinking about what you were saying, you know, around just, you know, how people were kind of holding on, right, to their pull that, well, it didn't work last time. And what do we know about polarities? You know, when you are got a polarity you're trying to solve as a problem, you're going to keep revisiting it. It's not going to work because it's not a problem, right? So really what they were uncovering is this isn't a problem to solve this is really a polarity and and our history does inform us and it informs our perspectives but also our preferences and so you have to let go of some of that right and be willing to put that new lens on and that's what i'm hearing has been happening with this community this is just phenomenal oh thanks for sharing this yeah
2: i'd be happy to share an example from an urban community because sometimes when people hear that thing they think oh Well, that could work in like a rural community in California, but it wouldn't work in my town. (laughs) Well, let's bring the
0: urban on. Bring it on! (laughs) Come on, tell us more.
2: I've also had the privilege of partnering with Regional One Health in Memphis. So think of a really polarity contrast: urban Memphis, uh, the state of Tennessee did not expand Medicaid. So. 34% of their population does not have insurance. And Memphis has a long history of a lot of polarity. So it's the birth of the Civil Rights Movement and Martin Luther King, um, but also really challenging issues with poverty and violence and, you know, just a lot of disparity. And Regional One decided to start an intervention for uninsured people. And what they found was such a tremendous opportunity for restoration there. There were people that literally for 20 years have been struggling with mental health or chronic diseases without any insurance. So they have literally received no care. And their complexity is so big because of that. Um, there's people who actually qualified for benefits, but they didn't know how to access the system. And so their, their intervention is focused on really addressing all the needs, not just medical. So housing and food security and transportation. And then as people stabilize, they're also becoming peer mentors for other people in the program. And they also built a community collaborative And as you can imagine, in a city like Memphis, there are hundreds of organizations, not just a handful that you can all personally know, but hundreds of organizations. So they operated off the same principle, pulling people together, saying, you know, we want to have a dialogue, what's our shared value about serving this population, And how can we share resources to build an integrated network to really make a difference? And within one year, they're seeing millions of dollars in reduced costs and improved lives for people. They have a homeless collaborative now that's, that's incredibly efficient. They meet every week. They proactively escalate. Some of the most vulnerable people into housing. They have a supportive network built with a behavioral health agency where they're collaboratively doing rounds. Instead of competing and operating in silos, they're looking at how can we carry this complexity together, which is a very different way than they've done it in the past, and they're seeing tremendous outcomes
1: from that. It's another amazing story. Uh, yeah, it is. It's phenomenal. What there's so much people can learn from these stories, right? It just opens up so much possibility. It's just takes my breath away. I mean, really. <laughs> it does, you know. Does. What what phenomenal work you're a part of and contributing to, Lauren. I'm just amazed.
2: It's a real privilege. And we intersect as well with the government and with payers and the same conversations happening there. So if you look at markets, what if payers came together and collaboratively in the space that they share, work together on some of the social determinants of health rather than setting up competing initiatives? Um, what if the government, even though we can be very polarized in our politics today, we look at these big, complex problems that are really costing our nation so many dollars, we have shared interest in that. How can we come together around a shared table, around the things that we do share? It's a privilege to get the opportunity to practice that at polarity navigation in so many different directions.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Well, you know, we've talked a lot about um, how you're kind of experiencing polarities, how they're showing up, how you're actually leveraging them and the work that you're doing it might, uh, might be nice for our audience to know kind of when did you first learn about polarity thinking?
2: So I probably was um, genetically infused with polarity thinking from Bonnie with Sorik. So um as a young woman, I graduated from nursing school and ruptured two discs in my back, lifting a patient. And I was unable to work as a nurse right after I graduated. So I had the privilege of working with Body Wasor as she was developing her uh, clinical practice model. And starting this whole national movement in building dialogue and collaboration and really understanding polarities. So she was really the first person I worked for in my professional career. So I say genetically infused in that. I didn't even know at the time I was learning about polarities. (laughs) But I definitely wasn't watching how she built um, these complex collaborations and connection and an ability to really navigate uh, diverse disciplines and complexities in care delivery.
1: Yeah, and actually, Bonnie was one of our... Uh, we interviewed her actually on the second episode that we did in our podcast. So we'll link that in the show notes as well. So anybody that's interested in, in hearing that, if, if they haven't heard it, um, could go back and, and get infused with some of that wisdom from Bonnie. Yeah. <laughs> we've been genetically infused as well.
0: <laughs> yeah. And as you know, Lauren, uh, Tracy and I have been faculty at the Interprofessional Polarity Thinking Institute at Grand Valley State University in the Bonnie Wazoric um, Center for Healthcare transformation, and we just uh, had another class come through last week, and it had three days with diverse healthcare leaders from across the country this time. Very exciting, and as you know, we're on a mission to really share polarity thinking with every healthcare leader, because as your story so well exemplify, we're going to end up in the same place over and over again, unless we do look at things through a new lens. And I'm just curious, um, what do you think the difference would be in your work if healthcare leaders had a competency of polarity thinking, where they really understood the principles and and applied it?
2: It would save so much time and pain. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot of the time when we're starting this work, um, a one of the biggest delays is people's um, polarized perceptions of each other or fear or um, challenges or competition. Um, So if we understood right from the beginning that um, diversity is normal and diverse opinions are normal, they're not something to be fought or, um, Putting power over or eliminated, they are to be channeled and harnessed and understood for the greater good. But often people don't aren't very familiar with the skills of how to be in a space with that polarity. So their first reaction is avoidance or stopping it, or you know, going around it or whatever you can do um, to get away from it. And the truth is, to solve these complex problems, we need to be sitting around a shared table. We need to be able to talk to each other. We need to be able to see the benefit of both sides of the polarity and understand how to channel the power of that. And that would save so much time. (laughs) I end up doing that... um, you know, in, in closed door rooms or in, in, in big auditoriums of people just trying to translate that message and, and model that um, these diverse perspectives are not a sign of failure. There's something that is positive that we can marshal for the greater good.
1: There, um, oftentimes, those diverse perspectives are interdependent. And I think that's the point we miss, right, is the interdependent pair that your perspective may have an interdependent pair that's also right. And to your point, to open up to see the rightness in somebody else's perspective has just not been a part of who we are because we think either I'm right. And you're wrong, or I'm wrong, and you're right, right? It's that either or, right and wrong, right and wrong. Black and white, yep. Been ingrained in us, right? Since the time we were old enough to know right from wrong, (laughs) right? Yeah. And to problem solve. And we just don't, you know, it's just a, a really incredible skill. I appreciate you bringing that forth that that's a big part of this is just being able to see the rightness in somebody else's perspective, especially when. It really is interdependent with yours.
2: Yeah. And some of it's shedding our cultural training that, you know, to, to understand the value and accept both perspectives is not a failure. It's not losing. It's not weakness. <laughs> it's some of the cultural training we've had about the either our thinking is so deep. Um, and to really embrace the power of the both ends, um, it's, is some of it is shedding some of that cultural training we've had.
1: That's pretty heavy work. <laughs> yeah. that's what we're hoping to do right. You got to start somewhere, and you got to bring the voice and and I appreciate that's what we're doing today, right in in this on this podcast is just saying there's another way to look at these things. There's another layer to this. There's a you know there's a a whole different world out there that you haven't even experienced yet as a healthcare leader. Uh, as a clinician, as a, uh, you know, a receiver, a recipient of care even, right? Um, right? And we're just trying to shine the light on it, uh, like a, that searchlight right in the sky. Like, whoa, come on, take a look. <laughs> Something fabulous going on over here.
2: Here's the bridge. Here's an opportunity. <laughs> a light in the darkness.
1: That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, tap the wisdom and all that. Yeah. Well, we just so appreciate you being here with us today and sharing these incredible stories. And before we wrap up, I just want to ask you, you know, do you have any parting thoughts for our listeners today? Really uh, even, you know, around when it comes to the mission and margin polarity any any advice you would give or any parting thoughts you would want to share with our listeners?
2: Sure. I think, um Don't be dismayed if at first it feels uncomfortable to sit in both sides of the polarity. I think that's normal as we're learning new muscles and new skills. It's not a sign of failure. Uh, That discomfort is just um, taking on a new skill. And then I think that um, the more that we understand this and the more practice we get with it, the more opportunity we have to build towards really strong transformation in our communities, in our culture, and and in our way of doing things. And the best gift to me, I think, from really embracing this is, is no longer having that sense of needing to win or lose, but just really understanding There's so much that can be tapped into here if we understand each other. And I'm not alone in this. And that's been one of the biggest benefits, I think, of that both-in thinking and really understanding um, the power of that and what we can create together.
0: Wow. (laughs) Lauren... um... I'll tell you, this has been such a great, great, great podcast session. And I, my key takeaway, um, is just you give us so much hope. Um, and it's possible. So just to your point where people think, well, this won't work. It's not possible. I think the work that you're doing out there and because you are bringing that perspective of both and to the work that you're doing at a national level, it's just so significant for all of us because it shows the possibility. Um, And it also shows that, yeah, it's, you know, it's not a quick fix. This is something we have to work together collaboratively through and um, learn from each other and that at the end of the day, there's such beauty in it all. Um, It's not just so frustrating that, you know, you can get away from the angst that you experience and really embrace the whole. And so I really am appreciating just the possibility that you're bringing to healthcare.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would echo that. And I think, too, for me, I'm just so grateful that you're out there, Lauren, that you are such a significant leader in healthcare, that these organizations and community have you to guide them, to help them see these polarities, and to guide them through leveraging them. And just the power of what's happening from a community perspective, you know, because we are so polarized these days, to see people come together, and the power of shared purpose, and you know, shared goals, and to put the emphasis there and not on me, you know, what I'm getting out of it, but really on what we're going to get out of this and the potential that we're going to unleash in the world and in our community and the ripple effect that can have. I mean, it just is so significant. And... Really, you know, it wouldn't be happening without your leadership. So thank you for really sharing that with us, with our listeners, and with the world. Because you are, you're making some significant ripples out there, my dear. Well, thank and I you. I can't I'm wait so... to see the end yeah. <laughs> the result.
2: <laughs> I'm so grateful to have the opportunity. All of the experiences from the very first. First days of working with Bonnie to all the different um, clinical scenarios and system scenarios I've been involved in have caused me to exercise that muscle a lot. And I'm really great grateful to have the opportunity to continue to exercise that and then the privilege of seeing what happens when people come together and what can be created. And just very grateful um, to have the opportunity to be part of that.
1: Well, thanks so much yeah, for being you, with us. It's just been a privilege to have you. Can't wait to have you back. I'm sure we will. I have no doubt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for everything you're doing to teach
1: and translate polarities.
2: it's so important to have that move forward in our world.
1: Well, thanks so much. And for our listeners, we hope you have a great day. Thanks for joining us uh, today. And we'll talk to you soon. Yep. Bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for tuning in today. If you found our conversation insightful or helpful, please share this episode with others you think might benefit. Also, go out to iTunes and rate the
1: show and share a review because we really like those positive ones. Wink, wink. You can access today's show notes and downloads at www.missinglogic.com forward slash podcast. If you want to learn more about polarities in healthcare or how you might manage them in your organization, you can contact us for a free consultation. Just go to our website at www.missinglogic.com.